Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we interview leaders about how they grow their teams, how they grow themselves, and how they make the world a better place. And just before we get started today, I want to mention a project that I'm working on. It's called Project Happiness. And all we're looking to do is to get videos from people that are anywhere from like 10 seconds to 30 seconds to a minute if you need to. Just tell the world what makes you happy. And the reason we're doing this is because my mission is to make the world a happier place. And one of the small ways we do that is sharing those videos with the world. And somebody watching one of those videos that's looking at the shadows and not looking at all the light in their life sees one of those videos, maybe your video, and goes, you know what? I could do that. So please donate the videos. There'll be a link how to do that in the show notes and help me make the world a better place. And one of the people that's already doing that is Tamara Stone. Tamara, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting is, you know, we could have reshot the beginning of the show. Uh, Look, it has to be perfect, but life doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And just that small act of, did I make a mistake? Not in terms to beat yourself up, but to just, it takes strength to do that. Mm -hmm. So all you people out there that are like, I have to be perfect or I can't start anything or what will people think? Nobody's thinking about you. People just want to help you and you want to help people. And that's what makes the world a better place. I love that. I agree. So you stepped into the real estate business. Uh, Was it a family business? Um, it wasn't a family business. We, we didn't all, um, we didn't join forces. We didn't share clients, but my mom and dad were realtors, um, starting from when I was a really little kid. So truly grew up around the dinner table, learning, negotiating and decided to get into the business a long time ago, almost 27 years ago. Brilliant. So What was it like going from kind of growing up in the household with just those conversations going on about deals and families they helped and all that stuff? What did you take away as what you thought real estate was? And then when you actually started doing it, was there a delta between what you thought versus what the reality was? Oh, it's a great question. And yes, there was a huge delta. I mean, you know, and of course, real estate has evolved so much even since I got into it but certainly from the time our parents started in the seventies. So, you know, I got into it because I knew I wanted to stay living in my city in Kelowna um, in British Columbia in the Western part of Canada. So I knew I wanted to stay there or here. I knew I didn't want to have a boss, not good at being told what to do. And I thought it was going to be a lot of getting out, looking at houses. And I thought it was going to be easier than it was. Interesting. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. uh, A group of people that I hate, just between you and I, I was watching this TV show. I was just flipping through TV and it was just an empty stage. It was like flipped through and it's like, why is there an empty stage? So I flipped back and it was when that river dancing fad was going on in the country and it was a river dance kind of episode. And then two guys come up on stage right and two guys come up on stage left and the guys on the right do this little five second tap dancing thing. 
And the other people look at it and come on, is that all you got? They repeat it and then they do one better. And it's like a duel between the two. And what was really interesting was the guys on this side, the left side, were amazing, like proficient. And the guys on the right side were like water. They made it look so easy because they were so masterful at it that they gave me the illusion that I could do it. (laughs) I love it. And so sometimes when you've got people like your parents doing real estate, because they did it for a while, they make it look super easy. And then when we go to do it, it's like, holy hell, there's more to it than that. And so what was the first lesson you learned as you started doing it that was meaningful to you? I think the key is, is what it's, you know, it's sales and what that is, is connecting with people. And, you know, it's, it's really a matter of, of building trust and having people trust you. And, you know, if they trust you and if they like you, as you're saying, you know, they'll support you. They want to work with you. They, they feel that kinship. And when I got into the business, I was young. I was 21 years old. Um, I was the youngest realtor in my city and actually until I was 30. And I tried to be just like my mom and dad. So I was 21. I dressed like I was 55. I, you know, spoke like I was 55 and it wasn't the essence of who I was. And I was trying to be super serious and I was trying to relate to my parents' generation. And of course they looked at me and went, we know you're 21, even though you look 11. And (laughs) we're not, you know, I, I didn't have that trust. And so when I, you know, went out on my own and back to your first question, did I join a family business? Yes, I was certainly mentored by my parents and we branded together, but we didn't share clients. Dad ran his business, my mom ran hers, and I ran mine. And as soon as I, as soon as I figured out what, what my benefit was, where, you know, what my unique selling proposition was and, and the value I could bring, that's when I started to have some success. And it took a while. I starved. So two things kind of came up there was um, when we are not authentic to who we are, and you try to be a 50-year-old and dress that way and talk that way because you wanted to relate. But that was a lie. And mm-hmm. people can sense that. You can sense it. But it takes courage to be the truth. Hey, I'm young. I'm passionate. And I'm going to help you get uh, an amazing house. So how did you get to that transition of being who you were? And did you get an epiphany that got you to go, enough of the BS. I'm just going to be me. Was it one of those moments or was it a transition? It, you know, it's, it's both. If it can be a combination, can, I, yeah. I was, I was actually going to quit the business and I, I had shadowed with my parents for six months and learned everything, learned how to measure a house, learned how to write a contract, learned sort of the basic fundamentals, but I, I hadn't learned how to connect with people. And right. my parents went away on an extended trip and, and I didn't do anything. I, I, I wasn't connecting with people. And so I was actually going to quit the business and I was just waiting for them to come back from their holiday and I was packing it in and going to go move away and just sort of give up on this. And I had been doing an open house. I didn't have listings, but I was doing an open house for a different realtor who had a good listing and a really, really nice woman came in and I kind of dropped the the pretenses. You know, if you were, she was, she was so lovely. She was about... I know exactly. She's about 20 years older than me. And her kids were about 10 years older than I am. And, and I could just sort of relate to her. And I started chatting. And she said, I don't like this house at all, Tamara. She said, but I like you. So maybe you want to come over and have a look at my house. 
And I was shocked because I, I kind of felt like she was, you know, she was younger than my parents, but she was just so nice to me. And I went over and she had a really fancy house and I was so, so nervous, terrified. And I'm like, what the heck? She's not going to hire me to sell this, you know, really expensive home when, right. you know, clearly I don't know what I'm doing, but, but she, she kind of led me down the path and she believed in me. And that's, that's what helped me go, you know what? I can do this. And I, I can, can, you know, be there and I can give some good advice and I, I can bring in an enthusiasm and an energy that others don't. And I listed her house and it, it didn't sell instantly. And, you know, but I worked hard and I, I had some non-typical marketing ideas and non-typical sort of wording and sold the house and then helped her buy something else. And tragically, she passed away last year. Oh, I wow. helped her buy and sell 14 properties in my 27 year I'm going to give you a high five thing right here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. She's, she's very special, but she, she was the first one to believe in me, which helped me believe in me. So what was her name? Elise, Elise, Elise. Jensen. So let me break that down a little bit, if I may. Yeah, I love it. So you and I today in this moment in time, make a system. That if I was there in your presence, in your office, this would be a different conversation. If you and I talked last week, you would have been in a different headspace. I would have been in a different headspace. This would be a different conversation. I'm sure it would have been charming and amazing anyway, but it would have been yeah. different. So we make a system when we come together. And Elise came in and through, this would be my hypothesis and correct me if I'm wrong. My hypothesis is because she felt very comfortable in her skin that it allowed you to borrow her confidence in being authentic that you didn't feel yourself, but she created that opportunity for you that you could have denied, but for whatever reason, you stepped into it. And because you did that, you made a connection. Somebody just as nice could have come in. That wouldn't have happened. So on that crazy hypothesis, your thoughts on that? that she allowed this to happen and you accepted her invitation in whatever subtle way, unconscious way that happened. Yep. It, it, it is a hundred percent that. And it was just, it, she was really special to me. She, she really, she was the first. And, and then because of the lessons I learned and, and the confidence I got dealing with Elise, then it, it, it built. And I took that same authenticity and, and really who I was being a young kid, being somebody super hyper, someone who's a little quirky and, and not your typical realtor and connected with her and then started to connect with others. And, you know, last year we've got a big team now and last year we sold 370 properties. So wickedly cool. Yeah. I'm going to take our conversation down another path. So before we had this conversation, you know, we had a quick little chat and then I said, uh, you know, please send me a high risk photo and bio and social media links and all that kind of stuff. And so when I got your picture, I was the first time I'd seen you and you are an attractive woman. That's the question I want to go down that path. So being an attractive woman in a business world, there's advantages of that. And there's also some disadvantages. Could you kind of give us a feel for advantages and disadvantages if there are any in, wow. in being that person? Oh, that's such a good question. It's, uh, and, and yes, you know, obviously there are advantages, you know, and I don't put my face out there on our real estate signs or any of that. I'm, I'm cognizant to not sell that. I'm, I'm mindful to not, uh, to not be sleazy. You know, we yeah. see, we see some of that in, in my industry where pick me because I have big hair or big whatever. And, and I, you know, I wasn't going to do that. 
Um, disadvantage, I, you know, to me, while certainly I recognize there are lots of advantages, um, I think there are a lot of disadvantages because I think people assume, you know, you get to where you are because of your looks or mm -hmm. you, that you, you know, I, I think a lot of people will judge and less so now as I'm in my late forties, but, you know, more so when I was in my early twenties that, that, you know, people would look and go, well, you know, you mustn't be that smart. You can't be that bright. You, you won't know, you know, you're not going to be as good as that aggressive guy down there. Cause you're just, you know, you're a, a pretty young thing. So before I dig deeper into that, give me some of the advantages of being attractive. What do you see those as? Because I think other people yeah. might see them differently, but from your authentic self, what are those advantages? Well, I think they've done all kinds of studies and, and research that, you know, babies or, or people from a different culture, or different background, you, you know, a, an attractive face, you know, somebody who's got symmetry, somebody you know, mm -hmm. with a smile or what have you, that, that right away, people tend to feel a little more trustworthy. Yes. They'll, they'll, they'll trust that person more. They, you know, so I think there's, I think there's that, I think a, an, an attractive person can be a little more memorable. I think it's, it's catching an eye. And I think that's, to me, that's human nature. You know, when I'm scrolling through. in us. Agreed. 100%. It is, you know, whether it's a cute puppy or it's a great pair of shoes or, or what have you. I mean, something that makes you stop even for half a second and just go, oh, what was that? So I think, yeah, I think those are some of the advantages. Absolutely. I think uh, I heard this joke once, which is, you know, kind of interesting. Why are babies so cute? And the answer was, so adults won't eat them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so here's the next question going down that path. Earlier, mm -hmm. we mentioned that you have, uh, might've been pre-interview that you have two daughters. Yes. So as you look at them and you look at the world we live in now, and as the world is transforming, in some ways it, it is progressing. And in other ways, that DNA that we have still kind of hotwires us into place. What's the one thing you hope they take into their hearts that would allow them to flourish in this world we live in? Oh, such a good question. To me, and, and I'm very, very blessed. I've got two sisters, grew up in a very happy, wonderful family and, and have tried to to share that with, with our girls. And to me, the number one thing is confidence and, yes. and just, you know, uh, the belief in who you are. And, and I really see it in our girls. Um, our eldest is 20. She's just finished second year university. Nice. She, she doesn't fit into a box. You know, she's, she's, I'm an absolute extrovert. She's total introvert. And, you know, I look and go, well, get yourself out there. And I want you to make sure you have friends and, go to these events or what have you. And she's like, mom, that's not me. I'm not doing it. And she's just, she's really confident in her own skin and far Beautiful. more than I was at, at 20. And, and I see the same in our, in our younger daughter, who's nearly 18. And just that inner confidence, which to me is so critical because that means you'll stand up for yourself. That means you, something doesn't feel right. You're not going to go down that path. You're not going to follow. You're not going to conform. So it's, you know, our mom taught us that and nice. really gave us a lot of, of confidence. And, you know, my husband and I were saying this morning, we're so grateful. We're so proud of our girls for just who they are and, and the knowledge of who they are. And I think that all comes down to just being confident. Brilliant. I'm going to send you a link to a podcast. It was, uh, I think his name is Mark Pollock or Pallock. We interviewed yeah. him and he did a book on how introverts win. 
Like you can be in sales and you can be a leader and be an introvert that it is not a detriment, it's actually an asset. So I'll send you a link to that. And that might oh, be I just a useful thing to share. So let's rewind back. I promise we're going to get into real estate really, really soon. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm good. So where the hell do you think this concept came in is if you're blonde and attractive, you're dumb? Because I can't figure out what the correlation is because- is it a way that men, do you think, did that to control women or that was their idealization of the female form that, you know, if you're smart, then, you know, you might be my equal or better, which you guys are secretly are. Like, where do you think that notion came from? Or was it other women or any idea where that, oh. if you're cute, you're dumb? Because, you know, I know, right? I know I'm and really cute, but I am smart. I just want you to know that. Exactly. It's it's true. And, you know, I don't think it's just the men who have... have perpetuated that i think that's i think that's coming from both and you know it's it's both and you know it's it's you know i even think of myself going through high school and i was really geeky and awkward and even my school teachers in grade seven i had two teachers and they the nickname i had was ricketts because i was this i got really tall all of a sudden and then i had these skinny little arms big elbows skinny little legs big knees and and Everybody called me rickets, which is a, a real disease and a terrible disease. And, oh, yeah. you know, then then I kind of grew into my skin when I was 16, 17 and sort of surprised all these people. And that was enough. Like they they kind of didn't want anything else. And and then I sort of started to think, well, maybe that was enough. And, you know, so so back to why, you know, why in the Archie comics, why was Veronica the smart one with her jet black hair and she was yep. foxy and creative and why was Betty the dumb one who, you know, walk out into traffic or cause car accidents? And, you know, I read all those Archie comics. I don't think And Scooby Dooby Doo. Yeah. The women there, yeah. the, the mousy one was the intelligent one and, and not. And of course, uh, Gilligan's Island. Yeah. But, you know, sadly, it, you know, and I've been aware of it for myself and certainly raising daughters that, you know, we live in a society still, I think it's worse for them where you know everything is is so fake and so artificial and everything is photoshopped and it, you know they're snapping hundreds of photos of themselves snapchat they've got streets oh, yeah. and they're it's all how you look and it's not enough of how you think and how you make people feel and what you do so we're and doing it to ourselves men and women are doing it and the other thing so hey on a side note I want to do a symposium, and this just could be a conversation like this with more people on the program, that our mothers perpetuate the lie. Like they want the best for their daughters, and fathers want the best for their daughters. But the system we live in, we were talking about systems, Mm -hmm. pigeonholes everybody into this. And even though at one level they're saying, you know, hey, you could be anything you want, at another level, in a subtle level, they're making us conform to this old way. And it would be nice to just take a deep dive into that topic. I'm not sure what the end result will be, but I think that conversation needs to happen and something amazing may come out of it. Or it could be, we just better define the problem. So would you like to come and play with that? Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And I agree wholeheartedly. And and yes, we need more of these conversations to, to help people you know, realize that we're part of it. Because a lot of times we don't even realize. So I'm going to take one more kind of walk down here then we're going to go real estate so the other thing to add you were saying you know it's tougher for everyone kids boys girls in this age with snapchat and all the instagram ish stuff but adding to that is the availability of pornography that mm. hypersexualizes adolescence 
that has a profound negative impact on society as a whole, but that for a later day. Yeah. But let's switch over to real estate. So it's the uh, Stone Sisters. Yes. So you have a team, but let's talk about your sister when she came into, are you guys partners or is it your company and she's just a disciple? No, sole partners, 50-50 partners. We we split everything down the middle and, and have since she joined me. What was that like? Because there's certainly strengths that come in, but when you have family involved, it adds another dimension that actually could be one that accentuates the partnership. And it also could be times where that sistery stuff gets in the way. So talk yeah. to me about that. It, I, there isn't a single day that goes by that I am not extremely grateful, beyond grateful that, that Shannon joined up with me. And um, I'd been hounding her for years. So, so I sold for 10 years prior to her getting into the business. And, you know, I'd been bugging her for ages while she went and got her degree and and was working in marketing. And finally I'd given up on asking and she phoned one day, she was living in another city and she said, Tamara, what do you think if I, if I come into real estate and work with you? And it was the best news ever. I had a two week old and a two year old baby. I was trying to do everything myself. It was, it was awful. And I was, I was getting underwater with just how busy it was. And we told our mom and dad and we told a few people and everyone was really nervous and they just said, okay, well, how is this, how's this going to work? And we're an extremely tight family. Uh, We have another sister as well. And, and nobody wanted, you know, our business to get in the way of, of our, of our close family. family. And so we appointed, we had many family discussions and said, okay, well, when we have disputes, we'll have a mediator, dad will be the mediator. Maybe we go to a third party, but you know, we sort of planned for this and yeah. And just said, okay, when it's tough, you know, we'll, family will stay family and and we'll deal with the business. And we didn't, yeah. And we, we didn't jump right into, okay, we're going to split everything down the middle forevermore. Um, We said, okay, well, I've been doing this 10 years. Here's what I do. And Shannon came in, mom and dad trained me. I was saying earlier, I was in, in their back pocket for six months. And so I did that with Shannon. And she was essentially in my back pocket for six months. And then, then we said, okay, well, we'll revisit. And we wondered if perhaps I would run my business. She would deal with her own business. We could brand together, mm-hmm. but sort of run separate businesses. She brought so much value. I mean, I think it was week one where I just went, holy cow. I mean, she, she came in and she said, okay, you're doing a really good job. I love how we do this and this and this. She's like, but have you ever thought about doing that? Or what about this? And pushing me out of my comfort zone to go, well, realtors don't do that. And she's like, yeah, realtors don't do that yet. And, and it's, there's been no looking back. And I can say this with all sincerity. She's, she joined me 17 years ago and we have not had one dispute, one fight, one argument. We've never needed to have the mediator. She'll get annoyed with me. Like we, we joke about it that I'm the gas and she's the brakes. Yep. So I'm, you know, I'm the, the super type A, the, the push, push for new ideas, push for change. I want things fast. I, I'm go, go, go. And Shannon's sort of the one behind going, steering the ship. And she's actually the one in control. She just, you know, very cleverly lets me take back. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's, you know, I can tell when I've annoyed her. And I mean, we're, we're really, really close. Um, so I can even tell before she sends me a text message or if we're not even physically together. But if we're together, she has a way she can just kind of raise one of her eyebrows. <laughs> a millimeter. And I know I've done something or said something offensive. 
and I stop that behavior. <laughs> so it's nice. I, I wouldn't be doing this if, if, you know, I still wouldn't be selling if I didn't have my sister and she's absolutely my best friend. I trust her completely and she's, she brings out the best in me. So I'm really lucky. And by any chance, is that a picture of your sister behind you? <laughs> that's not her darn it I, you're like hey so disappointed here but so you have a team what's the relationship of uh the team between the sisters is it like uh like in a typical family it's like if i want to do this as a kid i need to go to dad and if i want to do yeah. the other thing i need to go to mom so do realtors yes. come to you or your sister depending on what the issue is Yes, a hundred percent. And, and sometimes they come, you know, they'll go to Shannon and then they'll come to me, but usually, you know, depending on what it is, they, they'll go to Shannon, you know, she runs a tight ship. She's, she's well-organized. She's, you know, she's good that way. I'm, you know, at first glance, I'm a little, I'm more hyper. I'm more fun. I'm more of a yes person. So yes. her, her initial answer is, mm, we'll think about it. And make a, an educated, smart decision. And I, I live from my heart. So I'm like, I love it. We'll do it. So. So it does make a really good relationship because my wife and I had the same thing. I'm the big vision guy. Let's go for it. Let's make it happen. And she was the one that built bridges. So we didn't crash and burn that there was something more solid underneath. So it sounds like a really good partnership yeah. to kind of build a great company. So yeah. when you went from a few agents working with you to more agents, it changes the dynamics. So just as you set the expectations between you and your sister, hey, in case we got a mediator, how did you set the expectations of how do we retain who we are as we get bigger and not lose ourselves in all of a sudden now we're a big team? And so yeah. did you have those conversations? And if you did, what did you set in place to ensure you guys still had the same vibe and feel and connection with your customers? It's, it's a great question. And it's not easy. Yeah, you know, it's it's the the bigger we grow, we're we're very careful. We're we're really selective about who we bring on as an agent. Um, we want to make sure that we, you know, our our real estate company is is a family. It's you know, we we care. One of our agents had a baby. Here, his wife had a baby uh, day before yesterday, and you know, everybody's so excited, and we're trying to convince them to call the baby baby Stone. Oh, I love it. <laughs> or how about a stone baby? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. But it's um, you know keeping that culture, keeping that enthusiasm. Um, you know, our, our company is called Stone Sisters, and yet we have three men, three real male realtors, and you know people they'll arrive at the house and people are like, "Well, you're not one of the sisters," and it, you know how did we? How did you know it was it was hard to grow and to to have their perspective and, and bring on some male agents who nice. are the right fit and who share our, you know, they're not the exact same as us, but they share our values. They share the ethics. They operate under the same principles. And we spend a ton of time training and we have an operation, you know, a procedures manual. And it's everything from here's what your voicemail says to here are all the steps. Here's how you treat people. And, and if, you know, we haven't always gotten it right, we've, you know, I, I even remembered another agent we had yesterday who worked for us for a very brief period of time. And we went, oh, no, that's not how we operate and, and encouraged them to move on. So it's, you know, it's not being afraid to go, OK, we thought you were going to be the right fit, but for whatever reason, you're not. And they can move along and help them move along and, and then keep the right people Brilliant. and reward them and, and make them feel valued so they stay. 
So one of the things that uh, if you're not doing, one of the things to keep the company, the team together in a strong way is very much the stories that we capture because stories keep the tribe together. And when you have one of your values that one of your team members actually exemplifies is sharing that story in the weekly meeting. I just want to point out that John this week did X, Y, Z. So I'll give you an example. I was, yeah. uh, it was a restaurant where this uh, woman and her grandmother come to have lunch every Wednesday afternoon and it's their thing. And during one of these lunch conversations, the waiter, their waiter overheard is that uh, the granddaughter was going away on a business trip and the following Wednesday, she wouldn't be there for her uh, grandmother's lunch. So the waiter said, you know, Hey, if you like, I can go pick you up and bring you here for lunch and you can have lunch at the restaurant, which is like putting customers first is yeah. like one of their values. And he's going to stop working, go pick up grandma, bring her here is worthy of capturing that story because in that company, it's like, oh, we put customers first. It's like, uh, excuse my gesture, but it's like, it's on every wall in every restaurant and corporate boardroom that no really knows what that means. But you tell that story. Customers are first. Oh, let me tell you about John. This is what he did. And yeah. all of a sudden it becomes the folklore of the company. Uh, are you using that in your company to make yes. sure that people understand that? Tell us one of those Absolutely. stories that makes well, you proud of your team. Oh, one of our agents, uh, Natanya, is is amazing. And um, she'd actually sold real estate for a long time, joined us two years ago. And in her first six months, she sold more homes than she had in the previous 12 years. And what dog? She's just, yeah, she's she so found the right home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's she um she just recently did something really really cool. So we we had an elderly seller um needed to sell his home. He's moving into extended care. He doesn't have kids here. We're in a pandemic. You know, it's receding right. now. But he um he'd been going in and out of the hospital, and so he went into the hospital with an ambulance. We had his house listed and Natanya had his house listed and she talked to him at the hospital. She couldn't go in and visit him, but she said, cause they'd had an offer and she dealt with that. And then she said, you know, John, is there, is there anything I can get to make you more comfortable? And, and he was kind of quiet and he's like, no, you know, I'll be fine. And she said, you know, do you, do you have stuff from home? Like, and she'd gone through this and has had aging parents. So she went to his house and she got his special slippers. She got a little blanket he likes. Like she it. ran around his house, picked up some things, put together a nice care package and then took it to him at the hospital. When it was time for him to get released, she went to the hospital and got him and brought him back home. She'd had food in the fridge for him. Like it's, it's so far out of the realm of what a real estate agent does. That's love. And it's love. And she, she loves him and, and he loves her, you know, this, sweet he's 86 years old and she got him boxes she went there and helped him pack some stuff up like he became her her dad right oh, love it. it's you know that so we we've shared that we you know we did a little video about that and not to to toot her horn i mean it wasn't it wasn't here's how good we are this is how the stone sisters work it was just i wish more people treated people like this and, oh. you know, she's, she was so, she was embarrassed that we were telling all the agents and she was, you know, she didn't do it for any of the accolades, but you know, it's, it's amazing. And it, it's inspired all the rest of us to be like, okay, well, what can we do to be way above and beyond and, you know, far more than what's normal or what's expected? Give her a hand from me for doing something magical and wonderful. 
So two things before we part company. Uh, number one, what makes you happy? <laughs> I know because I'm going to send you my video. Well, I'm in a funny stage of life because I, I mean, my, my kids make me happy, fill me with joy. I'm so grateful to have them. But my eldest is at university. My youngest is about to go join her sister at the same university on the other side of Canada, like far away. So I, we don't have any pets. My husband's got a very busy business. So what makes me happy are my new children, houseplants and birds. <laughs> and so I feed birds nonstop. I have binoculars. I have a bird book. It's, oh, I love it's it. a bit weird. But yeah, I'm, that's what makes me happy is being out in the garden, watching all my little baby plants grow up and watching the birds. It's, it's quite cliche. And I am right down that path. I love it. Brilliant. What's one mind hack you'd like to share with our listeners and viewers? A simple technique you use to be better, stronger, faster, more loving, more caring, sexier, better parent. Yeah. Like what's the one thing you'd want to share? Oh my gosh. Um, more loving, I guess, is the one that, that speaks to me. And I, you know, and again, I don't want to sound too corny or too cliched, but I, I honestly set out, you know, I do it when I'm driving into the office in the morning and I'm like, okay, who can I make feel good today? And it's just, I just, I'm driving down the road and I'm like, who can I make smile? And that might be, you know, saying, you know, being extra nice to a lady at the grocery store. It's phoning an, an elderly client that I've got just to check in and see how they are. It's driving past someone's house saying, holy smokes, it looks so good. You guys have transformed it. Hope you're well. Like it's just, it's one little thing. And I just, to me, I do it because I know it's making somebody else feel good. And really, it makes me feel better than I think anybody else because it just gives me a little bubble of happiness. I've shared this quote with other people on the show, but I don't care. It's my favorite freaking quote. Are you ready to hear it? Okay, I'm ready. I'm writing it. The love I give you is secondhand because I got to feel it first. Mm. Who said that? It just that? makes me it. smile. I'm not sure who said it. They were brilliant. Wow. I love Tamira, that writing it down. Tamara, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a delightful conversation and uh, made me happy. Good. It made me happy too. Thank you so much. It, that was that was fun. And it's, yeah, you've given me a new new spark. I'm, I'm pretty happy and excitable anyway, but I have a, an extra skip in my step today. Brilliant. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 